0: The unit we started uh, for this, uh, the overarching unit is uh, People of Valor. And uh, we're in unit one, which we're gonna talk about acts of courage. We started last week out of the book of Joshua. uh, And we found out that really the sun do move and that God is capable of doing anything. And that if you're willing to pray, if you are courageous enough to pray a prayer, uh, in the will of God, God will move in that direction. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Today, we're going to pick up another character. Uh, we know him as Gideon. Uh, but we don't know this story as well as some of them, because this story is couched. Uh, 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 but Fred, uh, between uh, uh, his re- what they call the great exploits of uh, Gideon, but uh, here, uh, I think we learned a very powerful uh, lesson uh, from today's lesson. And as uh, usual, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it, David. As usual, this is a great lesson today. <laughs> this is a great lesson. And uh, it's in, uh, out of, uh, we're going to look at Judges. Chapter six, verses twenty-five through thirty-two, and uh, Gideon destroys Baal's altar. Now, there's more to what uh, to uh, the uh, the text here than what is implied by the uh, uh, title. Uh, just as in uh, last week, uh, we are going to see how it is uh, that God uh, uh, provides courage. See, we think it's our courage, but it's really God providing courage. And and, and what happens is that whoever God calls, uh, he will uh, equip. Whoever God commissions, uh, he will uh, prepare. And that's what we're going to see this morning is uh, that, that evolution of how it is that you become courageous. We're going to look at Judges chapter 6, uh, verses 25 through 32. And uh, once you hear, he that has an ear, let him hear. You should never be the same. As a matter of fact, you will not be the same after you hear today's lesson, because today's lesson is for you. Amen, amen, amen. Um Judges chapter six, verse twenty-five through thirty-two. Um Deacon um Joe Richardson. Are you on?
1: Deacon yes, sir. George. Yes, sir.
0: Thank you, Joe. Um Joe, I, I'm I'm are, are you, uh, in church, uh, today?
1: Are you no, on your sir. way? No, sir.
0: Okay. Um,
1: uh, I need you to be
0: my reader for today, then. Okay. All right. Um, no rhyme or reasons. Don't draw any conclusions about that. Uh, he's a mighty man of valor. That's why I call him. I knew he wouldn't <laughs> be scared because most folks, you know, when they say, "Well, he must be up to something, you know? And, uh, they, they 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 uh they flinch when I do that but I want to hear joe's uh reading of today's verses um this lesson today should all should give all of us um an attitude of reflecting on what is it that God wants me to do and what is it that God has called me to do and yet I have not done it and I have not done it because I fear. I fear that I'm too weak, I'm too old, I'm too unqualified. I'm too overburdened with what I'm currently doing to do what God has called me. And whether that call is into ministry or to be a minister, because those are the only two calls. You either call in to ministry or to minister. And we all have been called to minister, but what is it specifically that God has asked us to do that remains undone and you must ask yourself why what's what's my excuse? We know this fellow Gideon and most folk like to preach this sermon uh here uh, uh, about how Uh, You know, uh, he was a coward, he was scared, but I'm not certain. The more Fred I look at this character, the more I realize that he's just an average Jill or an average TG or an average Fred or an average Harriet, a Cora, a Dolores, a Bernstein, just average folk who have been called to do something. But the thing that distinguishes Gideon from others is that he responded to the call. Because many folk believe, uh, as that old song that they used to sing in the church, Brother Bogan, uh, that's why uh, this uh, rich is so close to me today, because uh, we are living in a time of what I call a mixed bag. We have folk that have been exposed, Sister Ethel, to more gospel than, than our ancestors ever were. But yet we live in sin. Yet we live less than what God expects of us. And I would suggest to you that is simply because We got a whole bunch of folk who lack courage and who don't want to change from that lack of courage. As I was saying, that old song, and we have to be careful about the songs that we sing about, you know, that has uh, God don't want. No coward soldiers. Y'all, y'all remember that? Anybody uh, old enough with me in the same? Okay, all right. So, Petrie, you better shake your hand I know you should have at least heard it. Y'all grew up Baptist. God don't want no coward soldier. Well, it, may, it might be a great tune, Joe, but it's poor theology. Because, see, courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is having fear, but yet propelled to action. That's what courage is. And, and, And see, courage is a weakness. Courage is a resistance to that which you've been called to do. The lack of courage, rather, is a resistance to what you've been called to do. I wanna show you how God cultivates courage. If he calls you, he'll give you the courage. This should bless each and every one of you. Whatever he calls you to do, he will cultivate the courage in you to do it. There's some of you who wouldn't dare ever in past years get up before an audience and start talking or group and start sharing. Scared to death, But if God has called you to do that, and he has, because the last time I checked 28, 19 and 20 says, go ye therefore and teach. That means you gotta go ye therefore and say something. Yes, you'll have fear, but God will cultivate culture, will take that fear, which is a weakness, and he will make it a strength. And in the strengthening of that weakness, you develop or you cultivate culture. Y'all don't hear me this morning. You don't fully understand. So where, where, where are you going with this? We live in a sinful time. We live in a mixed bag. We are no different than the folk in the text today. For seven years, the Midianites have raised havoc with Israel, running. They're hiding their crops. They're hiding in caves themselves. Brother Bo, they are running scared. And God is now addressing the issue as he did in the first 24 verses here. But but that's not the end of the matter. The Midianites are still oppressors. And God says on this very day that he speaks to Gideon, I need you to do something. Sin is pervasive. And if you are going to ever get back to enjoying the freedom that you once had, there's an assignment that I want to give you. Joe, verse 25, we'll see the assignment.
1: And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father has and cut down the grove that is by it. If you're going
0: to do anything mighty in the kingdom of God, you must first get rid of sin. You must purge the evil. Here's a nation, supposed to be a God-serving nation, and we find that the father of the man that we are discussing this morning has an altar to Baal in his backyard. Another God. Oh, oh! how easy it is to say that you love God, but you bring in all these other things which distract your focus from the one true God. And see, that's the ultimate idolatry, Sister Ogletree. You know, it's not, you know, going out, getting no statue of worship. It's when you bring anything in as a substitute for the one true God. Oh, oh! truly, we can't be guilty of that. We, we we, can't be guilty of taking the house of God, who is supposed to be a house uh, of sick, and make it a house of uh, 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 the performing arts. We, we, we bring in these idols that compete with the one true God, and God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so if you're going to do anything mighty in the kingdom, if God has called you to do anything in ministry, first of all, you need to get rid of anything that distracts you from the true work of God, from the true worship of God, because you can't do the work of God if you don't know the true worship of God. God says, remove the idols. Put your focus back on me. And you know what Joe said? Joe says, and it came to pass that very night, right after God had given you an intimate, right after God had shown that, hey, I'm your God. I got your back. Oh, yes, you've spoken to me. It's a theophany. You've seen God, a manifestation of God. But he says earlier, you shall not die. That very same night, here's your your task. You've been called. Now I'm commissioning you. Remove idols from your life and replace it with verse 26, Joe.
1: Verse 26, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Just getting rid of the idols won't do. You've
0: got to reestablish a pattern of true worship. I want you to take down that altar. I want you to utterly destroy it. And I want you to replace it with true worship. That means that some of the stuff that you've been doing You need to get rid of it. And you need to return to the worship of the one true God. That's what I called you to do. Now, see, here's the thing. If you're going to do anything great in ministry, first things first. You got to start with the small things. Can you get rid of a little evil in your life? Uh, How much courage does it take? to get rid of evil in your life. You're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. How much of a problem is it to get rid of evil in your life? That which competes with God. God is supreme and superlative in any way. You don't get any higher than him. How can you ever bring in competition? How can you ever say the worship of God is not good enough? Just plain old worship. Father, I stretch my hands to you. No other help I know. I don't need a statue. I don't need another altar. I don't need other gods competing with you because my help comes from you. You're the only one in the hill because you made the hill. But now you're going to go and set? these diminutive gods to compete with him, God says, get rid of them. And what I want you to do, I want you to build an altar, an altar of worship to the one true God. That's the assignment. You might, Gideon might've said, Brother Bogan, hmm, so good so far. Oh, all I gotta do is take down an altar and build an altar. Get rid of this, this Ashrod idols see they they gotta alter the bell and then they got these little uh, uh, uh feminine uh uh poles if you will the groves that are carved into uh, uh, uh feminine likeness to to represent uh, uh, uh in, in some cultures over in Corinth it was the uh uh, g- uh goddess Diana. You must be crazy. You serve the one true God. And God has called you in the ministry in his kingdom. God has called you in the service in his kingdom. But you've got so many idols. No, you got the idols of Facebook, good book. You got the idols of uh, jobs. You got the idols of cause and possession. You got the, I, everything that keeps you from focusing truly on the one true God, you got it in your life. You've made them the gods rather than serving the God who made you. God says, get rid of it. Build me an altar. And then here's what I want you to do. The, the tricky part, the assignment, the, the part that requires a little courage. I wanted you to take your dad as prize bull to help you tear down the altar. And then after you tear down that Baal's altar, I want you to sacrifice in worship your dad is full-grown, seven-year-old bull. Wait a minute. God, did I hear you right? I, I got to turn down the... I, I can do that. And, and matter of fact, I, I, I got a plan. I'm going to do that at night where nobody can see me. You know, then see. See, a, a lot of people think that you know it, it. don't take a lot of courage to do something in the dark when you don't think it's gonna come in the light. But, but I was always told, whatever you do in the dark, will come to the light, and we'll see that. So, so if so, if you you scared in uh, uh, the light, you might well be scared in the dark also. You scared in the dark, you might as well be uh, because it's gonna be brought to light, Ethel. And and what God is asking us to do is to refocus everything and understand that there will be some resistance. Because I've asked you to tear down that altar. That to give you some pause. I've asked you to take your daddy's property. And as a matter of fact, it may have been even the community's property because of the way that they responded. What is it? What does it require when God asks you to do something that challenges your heart, your head and your heart? When there's a challenge to the head and heart, that's just a simple resistance. And that's what's really fear. Fear is resistance. Fear is resisting something that you want to do, but you can't do it. Because you're paralyzed by it. Your heart is resisting it. Hmm. Verse
1: 27. Then Gideon took 10 men of his servants and, did as, did? The, and did as the Lord had said unto him. What you, so what, it, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you
0: don't understand something. Joe, when I asked you to read, I asked you to read the scriptures as they are written. <laughs> I don't want you to interject nothing now. Yes, sir. I, I mean, I mean, I, I'm an expositor. Don't I, I want you to read what's there? It says that he did exactly as what God. What did he say,
1: Joe? Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day; that he did it by night.
0: Boo! <laughs> whenever, when, whenever you know you get in those situations, you know, like at Halloween, you hear that, that that thing called boo. That's supposed to scare you, but boo doesn't scare you. Boo doesn't scare one who's been called in the ministry, uh, Mr. Harry. Boo is simply blessed obedience, blessings of obedience. When you hear the boo, you know you've been blessed because of your obedience. Gideon did what God said do. Now, God didn't tell him when to do it. So, I I mean, you can't fault Gideon. But see, it's the resistance. It's the fear. I can't let let anybody see me do this. But, folk, let me tell you one thing. It doesn't matter whether they see you do it or not. Your impact after what you've done will be revealed, will reveal your total action. Go, tear down that altar, build another altar, and Gideon says, I can't do it at day because people will see me. I'm afraid to do it at day. But in the night, I got a little bit more courage. My, my heart is less resistance. My head is a little less resistant. so I'll do it. And he did as God said. But that's a blessing. See, because some folk never do it, Joe. Brother Davis, some folk never do it. You've been called to do stuff and you are still sitting around talking about you're too young. You're too old. You're too weak. I'm I'm too aggressive. Uh, I'm uh, I'm too arrogant. I I, I I I I I'm too meek. All it is is fear, and God says, "Fear not." It doesn't say don't be afraid. He just says, "says Be afraid, but believe in me." And when you believe in me, when you have faith, the fear dissipates. Anybody tell you that they've never been afraid to do something, anything, that they had to muster the courage to do it, they will tell you that, uh, yeah, I was afraid, but I did it. When you interview all those folk who, who have received medal of honors, they'll tell you, they don't know how they did it. They just knew that something needed to be done. But as a Christian, God has told you, he has got your back. And what he's saying, believe me, it's all right to be nervous, that's human. It's all right to be a little shaky. And all those loud mouths that I went out to Vietnam with uh, Brother Montgomery, it, it, it's amazing. You know, on, on, the, on, on the plane over, guys are talking, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And when they got there, Brother Bowman, the ones who were quiet didn't say nothing. They were your heroes. Them loudmouths, they froze up because their hearts and their heads resisted the job that needed to be done. And they had no nothing or no one to encourage it. I'll do it at night. I got my assignment. So he took 10 men and he did it. But let me tell you something, folks. Everything you do for the kingdom of God, everything you do in ministry has a cost and a consequence as God is cultivating your courage. See, God gives you what is considered by, Mo. oh, this is a little thing. Oh, I got to go do is turn down an altar. That's how he cultivates courage don't start out by doing the big things. Most folk want to check on the big. But if God called you right now, I want you to lead a national movement to get rid of sin and to bring true worship back to America. How many of you would say, well, Lord, uh, you sure you don't want to call uh, Joe Richardson? Uh, may, maybe maybe call uh, Harriet uh, Taylor or uh, uh, Harriet Brown. It, you know, could you call Fred or Paulette Lovelace? No, I tell you what, Dorothy Taylor is a great one. And I know Dorothy, uh, Dolores Ogletree, she, she'd she be willing to do, but not me. God's called you. God's called you to do exactly that. It's time for, for us to return to the one true God. Stop listening to the lies of the world and return to the truth of God. And in order to stop, first of all, you gotta stop listening, tear tear it down, and then start speaking truth. Start reading truth. Start living truth. We've all been called to do it. Don't don't, don't look at uh, uh, Gideon thinking he's spineless. Give me this, I can do it, I, but it'd have to be in the dark, not realizing. Everything is exposed now. Everything you do, everything. Matter of fact, I, I'm talking this morning and, and someone's subject to take these words and put them on that little podcast and say, you know, Ingrid Sneed was saying that, but you know what? I said it. Uh, uh, And as Rum Brown would say, I meant it, so I represent it. Bottom line, This is it. That means that you're willing to accept the consequences because you not only have resistance of the heart and the head, that fear, you also have resistance of other folk, other believers. See, they think you are crazy because you said, no, I want to worship God. I want to worship God in his true form. I want to uh, uh, study God's word. I want the pure, unadulterated gospel. I don't want no psycho Bible. I don't want people's opinion. When I want your opinion about the word of God, I'll give it to you because I got it. And that's where everyone on this line needs to be. You need to know the word and you need to be prepared to share that word with a crazy Untruthful world. I participated in a discussion earlier this week on a radio show, and my only comment was, "Let's return to truth. If we just tell the truth, see, God is truth. What see? One of what they, what they didn't realize, Sister Ogletree, is I was talking about God." Because God is truth. It's not your truth or my truth. It doesn't belong to us. The truth just is. And it isn't your truth or my truth, truth is. And here Gideon, despite what his head was saying, despite what his heart was saying, he went, he tore down that altar, he built an altar. And he sacrificed his daddy's prize bull or the community's prize bull. Ah, for gutless wonder, he sure got a lot of courage. Wait a minute, you gonna go take your daddy's view? <laughs> your daddy's bull? Your daddy's car? You, you gonna take the community? You gonna take the mayor's ride? And destroy it. You did it at night, but all oh, the morning comes. They say they said we've been may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, I tell you what, something else might endure. You know, you may get away with it for a night, but guess what? The consequences are coming in the morning. Joe, take us to the consequences. You had the assignment. You heard what the assignment was. You, you, you know what he did. He's, he's done what he done. You know he done it in the dark. He done it out of fear. But that's, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is, in spite of the fear, taking the action. Joe, tell us about the consequences. Verse 28.
1: And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down and the grove was cut down that was by it. And the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built.
0: Just what God said
1: to do, boo.
0: You're going to see the blessings. Because now that altar doesn't exist. But has anybody ever wondered how a man of God, how it is that Joe Richardson got an altar to Baal in his backyard. A man of God with an altar in his backyard. I know he kept it for the community. That's what some suspect, you know, because the people wanted it. But just because people want something doesn't mean that you should uh, participate in that idolatry because it is participation. Whether you worship one minute or not, you were. Because every time you looked at your backyard, you normally would have seen where you built an altar to God, but now you see an altar to Baal. You may see the altar to God, but you see Baal sitting right there beside it. And the next morning, the community, the rest of the church, the congregation, they, they, they held a meeting. And you know, I, it had to be a Baptist congregation because they know how to meet. They're early in the morning they rose for a meeting. They won't, re, they won't rise early in the morning to come to family church school. They won't rise early in the morning to come to early church. But they'll rise early in the morning to have a meeting to raise hell. Because something has been taken away from them and we gonna do something about it. That's what you gotta realize is that there's only there's not only resistance of your heart and your head, there's the resistance of other folk, folk you care about. He's not dealing in any foreign land, he's dealing right here at the resurrection church. You ain't got to worry about the folk, what the folk over at Covenant think of you or the folk over at Antioch think of you or the folk over at First Baptist think of you. You got to be worried about what the folk at Resurrection think of you, because you said, I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to worship God and no one else. And all these idols that y'all have bought in, you need to
1: put them out.
0: Oh, I said that on Zoom. But guess what? If they open up the doors of the church and give me a platform, I said that too. Because we can never have true worship until we purge evil. And evil is anything that distracts us from the worship of God. And so, Joe, verse 29 says, okay, they woke up early in the morning
1: and they saw what had happened, what happened? And they said one to another, who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing.
0: (laughs) Isn't it amazing that this, even the investigation is nasty? (laughs) You know, know, and, and it's about evil. In other words, God says, this is how they will know that you are my disciple, how you show love one for another. But they wake up in the morning, Bogan, and the only thing that they're concerned about is that uh, some godless property has been destroyed and an altar to the one true God has been established. And they mad. Oh, you said, well, personally, they were also mad about the bull. Wait a minute. The prize bull was then used to give worship to God as a sacrifice to God. People are mad because you give to the church. That's what that amounts to. That money could have been used for the people in San Antonio. Oh, You're tithing all that money at the resurrection? That money could be The world is crazy, says Ogletree. And they're crazy because they can't tell the truth. And we submit to that craziness because we're not willing to stand up. We don't have the courage to stand up and say, get it out of here. Let's focus on God. That's what Gideon was asked to do. That's what Gideon has just done. And the people are mad. Whenever you do anything in the kingdom of God, understand you will get resistance from the very people that are closest to you. The very people who sat in your Sunday school class and said, tell them, Dickinson, but when you tell them about their sin, they said, oh, you're meddling now. Before you were teaching, when you start talking about your sin, I'm meddling. You're talking about my sin? I am meddling,
1: Joe? Then the men of the city said unto Joash, bring out thy son that he may die because he has cast down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the grove that was by you. I told you whatever you do in the dark is going to be brought to the light.
0: He did it in the dark. Well, I tell you what, if you, if, you, if you weren't scared then, ain't no need of you to be scared now. And I'm gonna tell you why. Do you remember the encounter that Gideon had with uh, God before this incident here, before his call and his commission? God told him, you've seen me, but you will not die. <laughs> there ain't nothing gonna come against you. No weapon formed against you, Gideon, shall prosper. I'm with you. So when they make this uh, uh 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 inquiry and they said, oh, it was Gideon and his boys that done it, and you know what? Gideon, since you live with your daddy, this this property was on your daddy's property, Joash, send that boy out here because you know what? We gonna kill him. Let me put it real, brother. Deacon Richardson, you dared talk about putting idols out and you took some constructive measures to destroy the idol. So now we're going to call a church meeting and we're going to tell Reverend Brown, this joke has got to go. (laughs) That's what that amounts to. He's got to go because he purged evil from the congregation. Because he put away idols out of the congregation. He simply stated, guys, your eyes should be on God, not on idols. And so they said, we're going to kill him. We're going to destroy his character. You know, he was once highly thought of. But oh no, he's <laughs> see the your character. He he ain't all that. I knew he wasn't all about that. He, he yeah, yeah, you know, he 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 done took the church's property and destroyed it. It ain't the church's property. See, you gotta tell the truth. Nothing evil belongs to the church. The church is Christ's bride, and he's molding and making us to become. Uh, uh, uh without blemish or wrinkle. So, why do we keep putting mud on the white gown? Cast the mud out, and then you're gonna get mad because Joe washed the bridal robe. Huh? We are crazy, just like the Israelites of this time, and God says. You've got to purge the evil. you got to return to true worship and don't worry about the consequences. If you're going to be, you, you call yourself a mighty woman of God? You call yourself a mighty man of God? Purge the evil. Return to true worship and don't worry about the consequences. Verse 30. I want to show you. Because what happens is Gideon is scared, Monty. Monty, did you hear me? You can just shake your head. Gideon's stone scared. He's scared of he's scared than those folk who give him blood down at your plasma center. He he's scared. He he's scared. He, he, he is scared. But you know what? He acted. And he says, What will be? Will be. My God has told me I will not die. And so when they said, when they said, bring him out so they could kill him, he said, oh, man, I trusted God. I'm all right. Because God done told me I'm not going to die. Verse 30. Oh, we got to go. Hurry up, uh, Joe. We got to go.
1: And Joash said unto all that stood against him, will you plead for for Baal? Will you save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning if he be a God, let him plead for himself because one has cast down his altar. Therefore? Therefore, on that day, he called him Jerubal, saying, let Baal plead against him because he hath thrown down his altar. If you do what God says,
0: your booze will turn to blessings. The things that scare you, will turn the blessing. Because notice Gideon, Brother Bogan, didn't have to say anything. His daddy stepped forward and said, did you say bring my boy out so you could kill him? He said, what's this now? He said, I thought you said that he tore down an altar that belonged to Baal. I thought you said he destroyed the things of the devil. I, I thought, Is that what I thought you said? He says, if you all in a knot about Baal's altar, is Baal not big enough to defend himself? because the implication of that, you know, the, the, the little thing over the head that said, because my God is the one true God. See, you've got to do certain things that are courageous, Sister Ogletree, so that it can awaken the leadership. Joash re- uh, 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 represents leadership. Joash is the one that allowed this to be on his property. Joash is the leader. And things have to be done. God calls other folk in the ministry to make sure that leadership is not leading folk. And here now, Joash shook it off and said, oh my goodness, my son is right here. He got rid of something. He did us a favor. And if God, if this uh, uh, Baal is the God that you guys are thinking he is, he now can compete with the one true God Let him contend with my son. Touch not a hair on his head. Let your God deal with him. Because Joash knew one thing. Hey, man, this ain't nothing but some sticks (laughs) at an altar. I I know who the real God is. And we need more folk to, to wake up and realize who is the one true God. And when you wake up and realize who the one true God and that he's called you in the ministry, you will do away with evil. You will return to worship and you will trust him even more. And so, Joash says, no, don't touch him. Now, the last time I checked, they didn't touch him. And here's what happened. The rubric, uh, 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 Joash, says, you know what? I gave you a name, now I'm changing your name. And every time I look at you from now on, I'll look at you as the Lord will contend. In other words, if you ever do anything that's displeasing to God, I'll let the one true God deal with you. And I'll let any other God's preach. God to deal with you, the anointed one, the one who has been called, the one who has been commissioned, the one who has been cultivated in courage. That's what God does for us. God ain't asking you to go out and conquer the world. He's saying, take one step. He says he'll cultivate your culture. I mean, your courage, rather. If you just step out, you got to do it. How do we apply this lesson today? Well, it's real easy. For me, it was. Look at what you're doing. And if we've let other things come in that take our focus from the one true God, it's idolatry and it needs to be put away. And we need to do it despite the fact that we're going to get resistance from within and externally. A heart, a head says, you, you can't do that. You, you lose your position. They, they, they won't let you be the head usher no more. They won't let you be a Sunday school teacher no more. They won't let you be the head deacon no more. They won't let you be the preacher, the pastor no more. But God. God says, if you do what I ask you to do, there are blessings. There are blessings of God. I will bless you in every way possible when you just simply respond to my cultivation of of your courage. That's all I got this morning. Go to church, hear a great sermon, and uh, live courageously. Uh, Pray, vote, and stand. That's what uh, Michelle Callis would have you do. Uh, I, I would simply say, respond to the call of God. Be committed to that call. And let God deal with the consequences.